for, for God's word for us this new year, I'd like you to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. And uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to share a short word and then we'll have a time of prayer for different things. Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 onwards. 10 onwards. Philippians chapter 3. Verses. If, if you've got your Bible, just give me a thumbs up if you've turned to the verse. Okay, there's one thing we must do as believers, okay, is that whenever a verse is called out, make sure you have your Bible, whether it is a paper Bible or an electronic Bible, but let's turn to it. All right, let's turn to it so that we are, we're looking into the word as the Bereans did and saying, ah, that's what it says. Okay, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead, from the dead. Verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining forward towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your precious, eternal, living word, Lord. Lord, as we come to it briefly this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts, our minds, our spirits, that your word would become flesh in our lives. Lord, may your grace and anointing be upon me as I proclaim your word and may it bear much fruit in our lives. In, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so here is the great apostle Paul. Okay, he, He's writing to the Philippians, and uh, he, he's talking about his great desires. I want to know Christ, verse 10. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering and so forth. And, and uh, he, he talks about the, the greatness and the goodness of Christ and all that Christ has in store for us. Now, we've got to think about Paul. Who is this Apostle Paul? Well, he wrote so much of the New Testament. He went up to heaven and saw things that man is not permitted to speak. Amazing. He, he was converted when the Lord Jesus appeared to him in person. Wow. So would you agree with me that he has had great spiritual experiences? If you, if you agree with that, give me a thumbs up. Yeah? You know? Great spiritual experiences. I, I don't think you or I have had anything similar, but he had something fabulous, you know, healings, signs, wonders, and with that suffering. And, uh, and he's talking about the greatness of God. And then in verse 12, he says this thing, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. So my first point for, for this evening, for this morning is this. That Paul was dissatisfied with his spiritual progress. Listen to me again. 
this great apostle Paul, who had seen visions, gone up to heaven, you know, uh, used, by, used by God to heal and to bring so many to Christ, he's saying, not that I've obtained all this or have already been made perfect. That means he was looking forward to something much greater. Would you agree with me? Yeah, shake. Yeah, that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, you know, I'm pursuing Christ, but I've not obtained all this or I've already been made perfect. So the first thing that I'd like to give us for this new year is this, is if we, is, is to have a holy dissatisfaction within ourselves to what we have accomplished in God. Okay, like Paul, he, great things have been accomplished, but he's saying not that I've you know, already received all this, obtained all this, or I've already made, been made perfect. He said, no, 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 there's much more. So if we want to make spiritual progress, if we want to grow in maturity and Christ-likeness, you know, what, what can happen is we can settle for something that, that is very, very, uh, which is good, but not, but there is much more in store for us. Okay? It's like, you know, sometimes you go for a meal and there's a huge buffet there. And what do most people do? They feed on the appetizers, right? And then they are full and they can't enjoy the meal. <laughs> Isn't that so? And so here, what Paul is saying is, hey, you know, great things have happened, but hey, I've not obtained all that God wants me to obtain, and I've not been made perfect, okay? So that's the first thing. And as we go through Scripture, we'll see that men and women in, in the Bible express this in different ways. In Psalm 42, it says, As the deer pans for streams of water, so my soul longs after you. And that's the psalmist is saying, you know, this deer is thirsty and the deer is looking for water and I said just as the deer looks for water my soul is looking for you O Lord is thirsty for you you know elsewhere it says you know as the watchman stay awake from the watches of the night I'm watching out for you and so there's a great desire in, in scripture for men and women and for us to say hey you know we, we thank God for what we have in Christ praise God we are, we are thankful but we are not going to settle there we want to move ahead. So that's the first. And the way we move ahead is if we are, we have a holy dissatisfaction and saying, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. Okay? That is one. Okay, let's go to the second thing. So what do we do? The first thing that we need to do in the new year is say, Lord, I want more of you. What I have is good, but it's not good enough. I want to see more revelation, more power, more anointing, more of the word. Okay, the second thing. What does Paul do? Look at verse uh, Look at verse 13. He says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. This is again building on the previous point. He says, you know, I have not yet got hold of all that God has for me. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. So the second thing is this. Forgetting what is behind. Very important. Now, you see, sometimes things that have happened in the past can hinder our spiritual progress. As we look at the year gone by, we can look at our lives and we can say, oh, you know, th there have been failures in my life. And, and we can say, oh, you know, and we can be feel hopeless or I'm useless and we can feel paralyzed. But, but what is Paul saying? He's saying forgetting what is behind. 
And uh, what, what that means is anything that would hinder our spiritual progress, we're putting it out of our mind. We're saying, no, I'm not going to be, you know, that's not what I am. Okay. And, and there can be two things that can hinder us as we look behind. One is our failures and the other thing is our successes. Okay. Where we can be so happy with our successes and we can say, oh, I've arrived. I don't need to do anymore. I'm serving. I'm giving. I'm praying. Okay. So two things that can hinder us from making spiritual progress. One is our failures and we are feeling hopeless and paralyzed. The other thing is our successes where we are feeling, ha, ah, I've, I've done something great. I, I've arrived, you know. How do we handle both? Okay. With our failures, we humbly confess to God our failures and we move ahead. And with our successes, we humbly thank God for what he has accomplished or done in us or through us. And we continue to look ahead, go after God and go ahead. Okay. The third thing that he does. So forgetting what is behind. So this morning, you know, if there are things in your life that are hindering you, successes or failures, we need to put them aside if they are hindering you from focusing on what God has in store for you ahead. Thirdly, he says, forgetting, he says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And the third thing he does is he is straining towards what is ahead. Okay, so this, the whole picture here is of an athlete. You know, Paul, I think, loved sports because he gave so many examples in scripture. I'm running a race, I'm fighting a fight, I'm doing all these things, you know, and, and he's giving this. And, uh, and, and really, he, the, the words used here are straining what is ahead. I press on. Those are not casual walk in the park words. Okay. Now, you know, there is something called a walk in the park and there is something called training. Do you all know the difference? Uh, I, I remember uh, we used to go to our doctor. He's no more there, but uh, we were chatting with him and, and, and we used to tell him, doctor, we walk every day. This is Nawaz and myself. So he used to look. He said, yes, yes, I have seen you all walking hand in hand, slowly. <laughs> and so his, his thing was, that kind of walk is not going to do much for you physically, you know. And so, so it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. The Christian life is not a walk in the park, okay? It's, it's, it's a picture here is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, okay, verse 25 and 27. Look at look to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 25 to 27. Uh, let's look at verse 24. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. So the, the way God, Paul is talking about straining ahead, he's saying it's as if you are in a race and you're preparing to win a prize. Everyone who competes into the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So, so what is Paul saying? He's saying, listen, we, he says, I'm, I have a holy dissatisfaction about my spiritual progress. Okay, I want more of Christ because there is much more. I want to press on. 
I, I forget what is behind anything that is hindering me from moving forward. My failures or my successes, you know, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to forget about those things, but I'm going to strain and look ahead at what is ahead. And I'm going to put effort into that. Okay? And, and this is a call for us this, this, this morning. Yeah? And, uh, and, and that's what I'd like to say to each one of us as we begin this new year. How are we beginning it? You know, we're beginning it with this in mind. Saying, Lord, you know, he says, I want to get hold of that for which Christ has got hold of me. You see, it's not we who have got hold of Jesus, but he has got hold of us. I, look at verse 14. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, what does this mean? How can we bring this into a into application into our lives? Okay, this is what it will look like. For example, you know, and and uh, you know, it it would mean this. Now, I think all of us here are Christians, followers of Jesus. We've made progress spiritually. Wonderful. Okay, but as Paul is saying here, is we need to be like athletes. That's the mindset we've got to have. And athletes have a plan. You know, tomorrow, if you've got to run a marathon, yeah, uh, marathon in February or in March, you begin training now. Or you should have begun training six months or a year ago. Okay? And that's the same thing with us. So here are some thoughts which uh, I'll share with us, and uh, later on we can pray to them. So one is, you know, have a plan to get into God's Word. Have a plan to get into God's Word. So where you're not just reading it, you know, reading is just one basic level of getting into the word. But think about memorizing it. Think about meditating on the word. Yeah? Think about doing some studies. Okay, so I'm just throwing some thoughts. How can we strain and to go ahead? What, what, what do we need to do? So maybe all these years you've just been reading the word. This year you're saying, I'm not just going to read, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to memorize some scripture, I'm going to do a study, I'm going to get into the word more. Okay? What about our prayer life? These are just two basic things. So you're saying, Lord, you know, I don't know if there's any person on earth who's happy with their prayer life. Even the greatest saints said, we are just not praying enough. All right? And that is one area where we all can grow in and say, Lord, may I be a person of prayer? And as we come to the prayer points later, we'll see that, you know, it, it's as we pray, as we pray, we can change the course of history. And, and uh, you know, as we pray, two things can happen. One is God can act slowly, but he will act eventually. Okay. T take the Israelites. They were in slavery for 400 years. And uh, what happened? You know, it took time for God to come in and deliver them. But you look at Daniel, you know, when there was a writing on the wall. Overnight, that very night, the king was overthrown as the Persians or the Medes invaded that country. So as we pray, God can act slowly, but eventually or he can act suddenly. We, we don't know how he will act. So as we pray for the nations of the world and for our own country and for our own situations, what's important is we play our role in being faithful in prayer. So I want to urge us this morning, 
you know, will you consider how you can increase the intensity of your prayer life? Okay, it may mean person more of personal prayer. It may mean praying with others, joining a prayer meeting, joining the 24 by 7. But prayer is one of the weapons we have, brothers and sisters, to push back the forces of darkness in the world and in our nation. Okay. A third area we can grow in is uh, in, in the area of in being intentional about developing relationships. Okay, and I know the lockdown has put a dampener on that. We just can't go visit people. We can't have people over. We can't have a party. We can't do these things. But we've got to find a way through it. Okay? We've got to find a way through it. And to say, how can I be intentional about developing relationships? And, and relationships across the church, relationships, you know, that, that, will, that will bring forth love and joy where we are looking you know, to develop relationships, to encourage other people, to help other people. You're not just saying, nobody's calling me, but I am reaching out to people. I was feeling one thing. Is that, you know, in, in every encounter we have with people, okay, let's be a people who are expressing love. Okay, in every encounter, it can be the words that we speak, it can be the look on our face, it can be our attitude. Ask yourself the question, am I displaying, am I communicating love? And that's what we need to do. The fourth area we can grow in is we can grow in our giving. You know, I, I tell you, I, I think you know, most of us have been unaffected financially by the great, by the, 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 the 19th, what is this, the... Uh, by the COVID-19 crisis. But there are so many others who have been severely affected financially. Yeah? Take, we were, Nawaz and I were just walking down MG Road the other day and saying, take the whole school uniform industry business, all those having canteens in schools or transporting students there, or the whole entertainment industry, you know, marriages and uh, parties and hotels and Whereas, you know, they've all been, airlines, so many industries have been severely affected. Yeah. Praise God, for most of us, we've not been affected. And uh, so one of the ways we can, one of the things we can do is, you know, be intentional about growing our giving. You know, we say, Lord, we thank you. It's your protection upon my finances. You know, and maybe I used to give 10%, but now I'm going to increase it to 12%. You know, we're just thanking God for the goodness of what he's done. And then we can be intentional about reaching out to the lost. That's what we are here for. Okay. And I tell you, you know, we are facing a world that is increasingly hostile to the kingdom and to the things of God. So I'm, I'm giving you the warning straight away. But, you know, like, like the other day I visited a neighbor in the building. And, uh, you know, and he knows I'm a follower of Jesus and all that. And, uh, and we can grumble about all the problems in the world and everything that is wrong, but they don't want to hear the solution. Okay? So he said, if, if it's about Jesus, I don't want to hear anything. Okay? So what do we do? Simple. Jesus said, if people don't want to hear, dust the 
sorry, dust your feet, turn around and leave. That's it. Okay? So there's no reflection on you or on me. Yeah? The, the, the sinful mind is hostile to God. That's a reality. Okay? We've got to keep looking at possibilities of reaching out to people. But we don't force ourselves. You know, we pray for them. We respond in love. But uh, let's be intentional in reaching out. And just the sixth one is, can we be intentional in growing in our serving? Okay, growing in our serving. You know, there are so many who serve behind the scenes and uh, some in public, but some behind the scenes. We had this whole uh, Christmas carol evening and there was a whole team of people who worked so hard behind that. And, you know, and really as we serve, we're, we're, we're saying, hey, how can I use my talents to further the kingdom of God? And remember, we are not doing this serving for public recognition. Okay, we are looking for recognition from God. That's it. People may appreciate what you've done, may even acknowledge or not acknowledge. That is immaterial. Okay, we are serving silently. We are serving for an audience of one. Okay, so, so those were just some examples. There could be many others about how we can... Uh, we can strain ahead and push forward ahead to what God has in store for us in 2021. Now we've had some amazing prophetic words, which you know, there's no time to get into them today. Okay? Now what we'll do is we'll send you the, the, the video link, we'll send you the doc to go through, and perhaps next Sunday we'll, we'll, we'll go through them. But uh, just one or two things from, from the prophetic words that were shared. Nawaz had this word, and uh, is this. You know, what has happened with this whole lockdown thing is that we are crossing over into a new era. And uh, you've got, Jesus said about a new wineskin and old wineskin. Okay? And he says, you don't sue so, so, uh, a new wineskin on an old garment and so forth. Yeah, And so we've got to be careful that we're not trying to just copy-paste what we were doing in the past in, 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 in this new era. So what, what we need to do is we need to be adaptable and ready for change. Okay? I'll just share one bit of the prophetic word that she shared, which is this. Uh, it's saying this, that uh, in the book of Acts, if you remember, you know, the Jerusalem church grew to thousands, but they wouldn't leave the city. But God had told them to leave the city. Okay? And then God forced them through the coming of persecution, and they went out, scattered to Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth, and the gospel was preached. And it's something similar has happened to us now. Okay? The church, Christendom, has been building these huge buildings with thousands and tens of thousands of people in attendance. And now God has changed things. And now we're for, the church must leave the building okay, to be salt and light in the community. It's not just about uh, being together and worshiping, which is wonderful, and enjoying fellowship, which is great. But we are called to go out into the community. Okay? And uh, you know, one of the things that we have um, looked down upon is the gathering of the twos and the threes. You see, what Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, he didn't say 200 and 300, he didn't say 2,000 and 3,000, he said, when two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. 
And in the new era, in the new year, this is what we want to focus on. Gatherings online with twos and threes coming together to be in the word, to be in prayer, to just build one another up and to reach out to the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you.